kind of, do I need to turn it off when I'm over? Just or you, you, you going to come to it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're live right okay. now. Okay. All right. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I'll give it two more minutes and then we'll close doors. Okay. Now you're ready to go, man. Yeah. I have to be careful what I say now. Everything's being recorded. Got a hot mic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Barry. more minutes. Hey. Thanks, I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey man, how are you? I just had to come see some AMSs. You know, I love AMSs. You, know that, you know where they're going to be, right? How are y'all doing? Very good. Good to see you. Thanks for being here today. Be easy on them, all right? All right, we'll try. See you, brother. Oh, no, man. Wait. Oh, bro, bro, here, bro. here, let me give this to you. You go ahead and bro, teach bro, this. I'm, I'm cheering you on, bro. <laughs> Ready? All right. That's Marty. It's good to see you all here uh, today. Uh, a lot of familiar faces in the crowd. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, my name is Scott Setzer, and uh, I am leading a local associations partners in the gospel. So if you're in the wrong place, this is your time to get up and, and go somewhere else if you'd like to. Uh, otherwise, I'll assume you, you mean to be here. So um, uh, I have the privilege of serving uh, as the Association Mission Strategist, AMS of the South Roanoke Baptist Association, which is out uh, in the Greenville area. Our, our office area is in Greenville. Uh, we're a little unusual in eastern North Carolina. We have churches in all or part of seven counties. Uh, in eastern North Carolina. I think we're maybe the second largest geographic area uh, next to the uh, Chowan Association, which is in northeastern North Carolina. So the association spreads out a little bit when you get east of, of I-95. I've been there for uh, a little over seven years serving in that capacity, just to kind of let you know who I am, where I'm coming from. Uh, I was, I've been there for seven years. I pastored in the association uh, for about little over five and a half years uh, so all told I've been in that association for 13 years and uh, uh, you know that's the longest I've ever been in one place my family we feel like you know we this is kind of home for us uh, right now and, and it may be you know for for years to come so I also have the uh, privilege of serving as the president of our North Carolina Associational Missions Conference and a lot of these guys are in here and 
just some some great associational missionaries. I, I see there's a lot of guys in here who could probably be up here and should be up here leading this instead of me. But we've got some very talented, skilled, uh, ch local church loving, uh, mission own mission, uh, associational mission strategists in our state. Just to tell you a little bit about my family, uh, this is my family. Uh, I have a son and a daughter, and uh, my son my son was back here, he was saying where Chris is sitting. Uh, he, he's with me because we're a hockey family, and uh, uh, yeah, we, we do play hockey in Eastern North Carolina, although we have to tra travel into Raleigh to play. He plays on the Junior Canes. Uh, his name's Levi, he's 14, my daughter's 15. Her name's Hope, my wife is Crystal. And Crystal, she is, she's the kid's mom. She is their teacher. She schools them. Uh, she's their advocate. She is their biggest cheerleader. And I put this picture up here because Levi and I just drove in about 9.30 last night from Pittsburgh from a tournament. And his junior Canes team, they won the tournament. So uh, they went 4-0 for the tournament. And uh, Levi, he had, he's, he's right here. You'll see him walking with me uh, he went somewhere else to do some school work he said i better he get is, this he yeah he said i better get this done before i get home you know and uh because mama she, she's going to ask but uh he had two goals and two assists in the tournament so that that was good so and my daughter hope uh she's also an athlete she's a two-sport athlete uh she plays basketball and football uh hope has special needs she's autistic but she plays in the exceptional children's football league out east and also, she got her jersey uh, yesterday to play football. And uh, Levi's the mechanic in the family, but Hope is our evangelist. Amen. So she will, she will ask you about your relationship with Jesus wow, as soon as she meets you just about. And uh, so she, she loves the Lord. So that's just a little bit about my family. And uh, as we uh, kind of jump in, uh, I, I put this scripture up here because I've been thinking about conferences. And I've been in ministry for over 20 years, and I've been going to all kinds of conferences. And you know what? There's really nothing new under the sun. <laughs> if you really think about it, as I thought about this and thought about what in the world am I going to share, because I went back and looked at some notes that I shared in the disciple-making conference a couple of years ago. I was like, you know what? That's, I don't really know what else to share here. And because there's really nothing new under, under the sun. And the truth of the matter is, is we all really know what to do, don't we? We know what to do. I mean, we, we've got the Scriptures. Uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we're walking with the Lord. We know what Jesus says. We know what the Word of God says. So we know what to do. Conferences are good, but I, I think about when I used to go to conferences, I'd go looking for silver bullets. You know, just, just give me that one thing, that one good thing. Give me that list. Give me all the answers. And, and I'll be good. And you know what? Over the years, I probably got you know a few little bullets to put uh, in my in my gun and on my tool belt. But really, I, I tell churches as an associational missionary who come to me wanting silver bullets, there aren't really any silver bullets. I don't have any. the The only one that I have is what Jesus said to do, Amen. and that's to make disciples. Now, we can learn how to do that. We can learn the processes of disciple-making, or, or we can you know, walk through that uh, a process with somebody. Uh, you know, we just need to read the Bible. We need to obey what it says. It shows us how to make disciples. But sometimes, as I said, we need coaching. 
Uh, we may need a process. We need something kind of to hang our hat on and say this is how uh, we're going to make disciples or maybe we need to be discipled ourselves. Because that's something that I found as a pastor is that I had never really, I had learned from people and I had guys mentor me and, you know, and, and maybe not even realize that's what they were doing, but it wasn't until somebody said, hey, have you ever been through a disciple-making relationship? It wasn't until then that I started to understand what it is to make disciples. And so that's what I needed, and sometimes I believe that's what... Uh, uh, got you a seat right there so you can behave, man. <laughs> But sometimes that's what we need, you know, in order to do what we're called to do to make disciples. Um, and we have an idea. We, we can say, we have an, you know, the title of this session is Partners in the Gospel. We know what it means, don't we? Yes. I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we know what it means as an association to be partners in the gospel. Some of you are doing it. Some of you guys who are here you know, we have AMSs in the room with us. You're doing it. You know how to do it. You could lead this session on this. So I'm not going to come to you with, uh, here's, here's a list of how to do this, or here's why we, why we don't do it and why we should do it and, and how we do it. Instead, what I want to do is I want to just cover a, a little bit uh, of just background of associations and then what I want to do is I want us to just look at a tool that you can use. You can take it. Uh, if you're an AMS, some of you guys have probably already been through this tool uh, and you know how to use it. Or maybe if you're on a leadership council, uh, an executive board of an association, you can take this to your AMS. If you're just involved or you want to be involved in your association, you can take this tool to your AMS and you can uh, you, you can just say, hey, here's something that we can, we can use as a tool to just see how we're doing and, and really what kind of value we're bringing to the association of churches. So the first question, what is a Baptist association? Just looking up script, uh, uh, the uh, dictionary definition, uh, just online dictionary, it says just for an association, it's the state of having shared interest or efforts. I read that and I thought, well, that's, yeah, you know, as an association or a Baptist association, a Christian organization, we need to have shared interest and we certainly have shared efforts, but also it's a group of persons formally joined together for some common interest. What's our main common interest as a Baptist association? It's the gospel, right? It's the Great Commission, right? It's the Great Commission. Um, so that's just an idea of just the word association. Also, here's some words that some are synonyms. Uh, some are words that relate to the word association. Uh, I just got the list and, and put them there. And I want you just to kind of look over that. And I want you to uh, tell me which word really resonates with you as you think about that list of words that are you know, they, they go into the word association. What, what resonates with you about that? Any, any particular word? Partnership. Partnership, okay. Relationship, Relationship. partnership, connection. unity, connection. Collective. Col collective, yeah. Any others? What's... Interrelation, okay. Interrelation. Fellowship sounds 
Fellowship sounds like food. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're Baptists. We got to say fellowship, right? Yeah, I got partnership on there twice uh, by accident. So, but but that yeah, it's it's and and we think about it, association. I mean, all these words they apply to us. They they apply to us uh, in the Baptist association as well. Now, here's what I want you to think. What what are some words that may not be up there when you think just specifically in terms of Baptist association? What are some words that may not be up there? Cooperative program. Well, you have cooperation on there. Got cooperation, but yeah, I can, I can put, I'll put CP there. Cooperative program. Outreach. Outreach, okay. Mission. Mission's not on there, I don't think. Mission. Put S in there. Vision. Vision. Uh, finance. Finance? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Finance, you know, that's something that we think about in associations. And some, I mean, I had a pastor just within the last year, he thought that our association got cooperative program money. It's like, no, brother, we don't. You know, we don't get anything from, you know, like that. So, strategy. Strategy. Any others? Support. Organization. Okay. Resourcing. Resourcing. Okay. Training. Training. Any others? The who, what, why, when, and where. Yeah. It's like we study scripture, those five. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Five questions. What about this? The first one I thought of was this. Local. Local. You know, we're 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 local. We're we're churches that are in the same locale. We we should have the same heart for the mission field because we live in the mission field. Right? That, that's one of the first words I thought of is, is that, you know, we, we have to reclaim that idea that, hey, we, we're local and, and, and we live here, we work here, we play here, we have relationships here, and we need to own our mission field. We need to take ownership in that mission field. We do that as a singular church. I'm sure some of you are in great churches that you've taken ownership in, uh, you know, in, in apartment complexes. You've taken ownership in reaching out to local schools. You, you've done these things. But think about how much greater that impact can be when you partner with uh, another sister church that is down the road or across the county. And you start looking at it that way and say, hey, God has, has dispersed us and He's put us as local expressions of the body of Christ where we are, but He's also connected us 
to be able to make a larger impact. So that's one thing that I thought of is local. We, we're, we're local. Um, a guy named J.C. Bradley, uh, he wrote a, a book called A Baptist Association, Churches on Mission Together in 1984. Um, I had to go and kind of see who J.C. Bradley was because in 1984 I was 10 years old. And uh, he says, associations help the churches in ways no other general Baptist body can. The association is concerned with the whole life of its churches, just as the family is concerned with the whole life of its members. And whatever the churches do in faithful response to God's mission, the association exists to help them. The association is a network of, here's some of those words, relationships through which churches give and receive assistance in the fulfillment of what? Their mission. So we're, we're interconnected, we're interrelated, we're a network, we're concerned for one another, we're concerned for our mission, we have ownership of our mission field. And J.C. Bradley, basically he was a, a missiologist, he was an associational missionary, he worked for NAM, he worked for Lifeway. I went back and, and saw an article uh, in, uh, on the Biblical Recorder from 2009 where he received a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, for his service to associations. And, and listen to what he said. He said, in 20 years, there may be more or fewer than 80 associations in North Carolina and 1,200 in the SBC, but they will not be defined by geography as they are now. Now, I said local, and we need to hold on to that lo locality of the association, but some associations aren't defined by geography. They'll be defined on different basis by people groups, by language, by other affinities. And he says that associations are potential centers of innovation and they're better positioned near the church. <clears throat> they're near the church than any other denominational entity. We're, we're ground zero. Associations are ground zero. Just a, a little more, another uh, quote here from uh, Aaron Minikoff on the Baptist 21 blog. He said this, this is kind of newer, he said, Our denominational life is like a tree. The national entities are the branches spreading across the globe. The state conventions are the trunk holding the branches in place. But the local associations are the roots. It's at the associational level that every pastor can be involved. This is where you can be involved. This is where every pastor, where every church can be involved at the local association level. 2017, an AMS, Jason Lowe, the Pike Association of Southern Baptists in Kentucky, he did a survey. He surveyed 448 SBC leaders. Now these are pastors, these are AMSs, these are lay leaders in the association, seminary students. You know, he, he kind of had a, a good swath of, of folks in SBC life. And he did this survey and he came up with several key findings. He kind of just summed it up. And here's the first key finding he found about uh, this association, what people thought about associations, the number one finding was a lack of perceived value. Lack of perceived value. When asked to describe the most exciting aspect of their local Baptist association, the most popular answer was nothing. Nothing. That is sad, isn't it? And, you know, if you're kind of like some of the guys in here like me, you, you know what that's like. You, you hear that. As a matter of fact, I heard this probably about two weeks ago. You know, 
from a pastor who had just been fired by a church or forced to resign and he's sitting in my office and he says, you know, the reason the church really doesn't support the associations, they just don't see any use. They don't see any value in it. But guess who called me about two hours later? Yeah, that church. <laughs> that church. Mm -hmm. But that's inertia. I mean, the, yeah. that word nothing is inertia because association were not started with a group of 20 churches saying, there's no value. Yeah. There was, and that's what we're going to get to. That's what I'm working up to. That's good, Jonas. And and the thing about it is, is, is most people don't see value in something until they really think they need it, right? And and I, that got me thinking about this church that you know maybe I'm the pull in case of emergency switch, mm -hmm. you know, because I had another church call me and they wanted me to help them know how they could get rid of their pastor. What do they need to do? Like. I don't do stuff like that. I mean, this is all like in the last 10 days. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Another lack of perceived value. Can you crack that door open a little bit? Uh, when asked to describe the most frustrating aspect of the local Baptist Association, two of the three most popular answers among church leaders were the association is irrelevant and lack of association strategy, vision, or purpose. Now, and that, I agree. I agree with that. That's, that's a solid answer. You know, the reason they don't see value in it is because they don't understand what's our strategy, what's our purpose. Uh, you know, what are we doing here as an association? I think that's, that's very central mm -hmm. for the unity of the cohesiveness of the whole. Absolutely. It's essential for the unity and cohesiveness of the association. Key finding two. Perceived value determines involvement. So none of the church leaders from churches that identified themselves as extremely or very involved in the association responded that nothing excited them. So if they were involved, they didn't respond that way. They see the value in the association, but nothing was the most popular response among those church leaders from churches that identified themselves as moderately involved. Okay? And then number three, involved pastors equals involved churches. And if you want to know more about the, the, the study, you can uh, find it there at that, uh, that uh, site. And, I, you know, and I'm not here to you know, bemoan that not all the pastors are, in, are involved. That, that's not what I'm getting at. For me, what really got me was number one, you know, that there, there's, just, there's no value. Nothing excites me about it. There's no value. And so what I want to do to kind of finish our time together uh, is I want us to look at a tool. And some of you guys, if you just take one and pass it around and just take one and kind of pass it through here. Some of you guys have seen this before. You're a part of this. And, and I don't want this to be um, a commercial for future church company or denominee, but I'm going through this process right now. Some of you may. Who, who are the guys in here who are going through this process? Anybody? The, the denominee process? Okay, so it's me. All right. Uh, I thought maybe some of you other guys were going through it. But um, it's, it's something that, it's an 18-month journey that we're working through uh, to understand how can we as an association bring value. And I found the tools to be very helpful. And, uh, you know, that's part of what uh, Dave Rhodes, he's in on that with, with Future Church and Will Mancini. But, and I did get permission 
uh, from them to, to share this with you all today. And this is a tool that you can take as an associational uh, uh, mission strategist. Something that I've done with it is I took it to groups of pastors within my association. And I, we just sat down and I, I talked them through it. And then we talked about the questions at the end uh, that, that's on the, the, the sheet that you have. So the cloud and box tool, basically what it is, it has four movements. And the first movement, that'll be the, the top inside arrow, is this. Movement number one, the cloud creates the box. Okay? The cloud over here, you can see on the diagram, the cloud is the churches. Okay? So there were, there were a group of churches at one time, wherever you are situated uh, geographically, that decided, you know what, we need to develop an association. We need to make an association. And the reason that the cloud, it's, it's shown as a cloud, is because you have churches that are uh, at different points in the journey. You have churches that are different sizes. You have churches that have different cultures within them. You have churches that are different ages. You may have churches in your association that are 200 years old. You may have some that are two years old. And so it's, it's different. You know, there's, there's a lot of difference within that cloud, but what they do is they create the box. Now, there was a reason why that box was created. If you, if you want to, in the box on the diagram, write your association name in there or, or the letters of your association. There's a reason why churches got together to create the South Roanoke Baptist Association. And I, I, I did some research, and like our association, it started out as the Roanoke Association. And it was started in 1907, but around in the early 1950s, some people said, you know what, the geographic area is just too large because it went all the way up to Rocky Mount, up to Virginia, from down to Greenville. And so they, you know, did what every good Baptist institution does, you know, they set up a study committee to study for three years whether or not they should divide the association up, and then they finally did. But there's a reason why. It may, it may have been to advance the, you know, simply to advance the mission of Christ, to provide Christian education, to uh, plant churches, to do something else. I mean, maybe set up some other type of organization. You know, there, there are some associations that were created to, to start educational organizations. So the cloud creates the box for a specific purpose. And something that we've got to understand is that the farther away that we get from when the box was created and the people who created the box, the further the gap is of knowing why the box is there. Okay? And so the cloud creates the box. The box serves the cloud. Okay? We, we came together, we started this association, and we started it for this purpose, and the associational leaders say, okay, well that's what we're going to do, and we're going to serve the cloud. We're going to serve the churches in this way. So the, the box serves the churches. Movement number three, and this is where my brother talked a little bit. The, the cloud funds the box. All right? We're doing good. So the box is serving us. And so we're going to give back and we're going to funnel our funds, mission funds, to the box to make sure that, uh, that everything's going well. Something that I've learned about those who are in the cloud as I've looked and studied our association 
is that there are churches who fund the box. They still fund the box. Why? Because that's what you're supposed to do. Right? We've been a part of the association. You know, we were, we're, we were a part of the Roanoke Association uh, over 100 years ago. And, and we've been around for 150 years. And, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. But you know what? When I look at some of those churches and I look at their giving records, I see that they start, they've started doing this over the years. Why? Because they're in decline, right? And they've got to make a decision. Do we keep our pastor full-time or do we give money to the box? And so they say, well, we'd rather keep our pastor full-time. So we decrease the giving to the box. But what I've seen in newer churches is the first question they ask is not of, you know, his, it's not a historical question. It's more of, does the box bring value to us? You know, and I've had, I've had some guys in churches say, you know, I, it really bothers me that X church doesn't give as much as we do. And I say, well, there's a reason why X church doesn't give as much because they're trying to determine value. And, and this, this tool, it's not about funding, but it's about understanding kind of why. Why are things the way they are? And that, that moves us to the fourth movement, and it is the box just blank. <laughs> the, the box blanks the cloud. What's the box going to do here? Okay, what are we going to do as an association? Usually what happens is an association over time can get to a point to where we get our priorities mixed up and we think that the cloud is supposed to serve us. Supposed to do the, the programs that we want to do, that, that we've created or that we think will be good for the churches. And we start trying to kind of, you know, Im impose that on the churches and, and, you know, what happens? That value gap gets wider, doesn't it? Because the church says, I don't really need that. They probably uh, need accountability as well, you know. Mm -hmm. what yeah. And this is what we do. This is how far we have been. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're not careful, the box can take on the posture that the churches are there to serve the interest of the box and not vice versa. And that's where we get this value gap, and that's where we get the dilemma of we're not partnering the way we need to partner to be on mission where we're on mission. Okay? There, you see there, I think you have on your, uh, <clears throat> your worksheet, two box-breaking realities. Number one is there's local diversity in church models. Again, 50, 60 years ago, you could go to a church in Greensboro, a church in Greenville, and a church in Asheville, a Southern Baptist church, and they'd pretty much look the same, wouldn't they? They'd have the same programs, the, the preacher would preach about the same, they'd have the same choir, everything. And they all out of the Baptist bookstore. That's right. And what did the associational missionary do at that time? He was a... He would funnel that stuff through and say, I got a program for you. And he would train them on how to do those programs. But we know now that's not the case, is it? There, churches even in our own towns are not alike. So what's an associational leadership person or leadership team, what are they to do? <laughs> and there's also the exploding proliferation of mega churches. 
So we've got larger churches. And I know in my associate, we don't have like a lot of mega churches like in, in other larger areas, but we have some larger churches. And it was just a side note, something interesting about that survey that Jason Lowe did is that the, the churches that are least likely or the leaders that are least likely to get involved in an association are um, churches under 50 in, in membership and in attendance and churches over 500. They're, they're the ones that are least likely to get involved in associational life. It's just, he just said churches, just leaders. He didn't talk about whether they were vocational or bivocational. But here's the thing. So if you're, if you're an associational leader, whether you're an AMS or, or you're on a leadership team, when you approach a church that is a larger church, you know, and I've learned this, I, my thing is I don't go and tell them what the association's doing. Because you know what? They don't care. They really don't. Or that's been my... <laughs> that, that's been my... I mean, what do you think, Walker? I mean, you know, they, they don't want to know what are you doing. I would say and, that's not true for me. People okay. want to know I, what we're doing. I, of, of larger churches? Uh, yeah, larger churches. Okay, well, good. Uh, larger churches are involved, so I'm fortunate. Well, that's good. You're, have, you are fortunate. Yeah. I guess what I'm what I'm getting at is they don't they they don't want to know what I what I can offer them, because their idea is we got everything you know. And so my posture that I take, I was having lunch with a pastor of a larger church in our association, and I just asked him. I said, if there's one thing you could do in our association that you could just invest into the leaders or the churches of our association, what would that one thing be? Man, it's like a bomb went off. He's like, well, you know, we as a church, you know, he started telling about what they do and what they could invest in other churches. And then he started talking about the things that he does personally and, and just how he's a, he coaches and, and how he, he, he does a lot with emotional leadership and emotional health and things like that. And I mean, he just, it lit his fire. And so what we're doing now is he's the one he's going to be facilitating a cohort on the core of emotionally healthy leadership among pastors in our association I'm like dude you go do it see here's the thing is I, I've had to come to realize I don't have to be the hero I, I've got to be a hero maker I've got to be one who pushes others to the front and say you invest what you have into this association so our partnership can grow stronger so that our churches can grow stronger so that we can do what accomplish our mission and so you know that that's the posture you know that I've started taking with some of these churches you look at those questions for this uh, dis discussion I was about to say destruction I think I still got his uh, presentation in my mind earlier but uh, take this if, if you're around pastors, uh, go, go do this. Uh, if you want to know uh, kind of a better training, I gave you like the jet speed 50,000 foot view. I can give you a website, you know, that the nominee has where, you know, that kind of walks through this a little better. Um, you can do that. But one last tool that I want to use you that I uh, share with you that I believe uh, could 
help strengthen partnerships. I'll, I'll show that in a minute. But I, I just want to ask, does anybody have any questions or thoughts about this? I, I ran through it really fast. And even the questions at the, at the bottom, because sometimes you'll find that what we have to do is we, we might have to create a cloud within the box. Sometimes we have to basically create a new cloud. You know, to, because what we're doing is we're understanding, you know what, there's a value gap here, and so we've got to develop in such a way that it brings value to the churches. And there will be some churches that may still be connected in some way with our association, and they'll say, well, that's not for us, but what we need to do is we need to make sure that we're maximizing the value of the association. Um, you know, what? Uh, just right quick, like the fourth uh, point down is a good question. If our church leaders had no box at all, what would our healthiest churches create a box to do today? And what would this challenge us to stop doing? Okay, so that, that's something that gets you thinking. Okay, go ahead, guys. Well, just going along with that, it ties into what I was going to say. Um, people are tribal now, mm -hmm. and uh, they look for people that are in their tribe as much as they exactly. look for an association. So you have to kind of have a blend of that and, mm -hmm. and kind of network together. Uh, one of my pastors made a good comment, and he made the statement that I know the personalities of our churches, and they all have different personalities. You said that early on. Yeah. Uh, but also putting together who, who works together and who can help each other. But one of the things I always say that, that money follows vision and passion, so you don't raise money. And, and one of the paradigm shifts, and I'd be curious what Lester has to say about this, from, from 20 years ago to now, a lot of associations were self-preserving yeah. 20 years ago. And I think that our generations realize we're not there to yeah. preserve ourselves. We're there to help everybody else accomplish their mission. Exactly. I that convention. Yeah. I mean, we're there to serve the church. And, and, I, and just keeping that there and serving the pastors and being a friend of them and being a support of them. Uh, and it depends on what you're doing. The, the, my four big rocks are being a pastor to the pastors. That's where I spend most of my time. I coach them. I consult churches. I coach pastors. Uh, and then revitalization, church planting is a big deal because we're growing, mm -hmm. and then missions mobilization. And those those four things, and I've kind of stayed with that uh, as far as what I'm doing, and that's what they asked me to do. And so that's been helpful, and then just being available and yeah. being at stuff. Yeah. Um, that That's what I've found has been the most helpful is if, you're a, if they have access to you, if you're available, um, that you have a dialogue going on. I text all my pastors every Sunday morning yeah. uh, individually, and that's probably been one of the best things I've done. Because yeah. that's given them a way to reach back to me if they want to. Yeah, to. it really does. I mean, one thing I do is our association is broken up into five regions, and I've, I tell my pastors, I don't pray for all 70 churches every day, but I pray for you at least once a week. Yeah. You know, and, and I, not every week when I pray for them, but every, you know, every few times, I'll say, hey, praying for you today. And then that opens up, you know, the doors for that. You know, just let them know. Walker, did you, were you going to say something? Okay. So, uh, I think uh, one factor is if we're working for God or we're working with God, mm -hmm. I think that is a great deal. Yeah. Because a lot of times we do things and uh, Christ, I know, is there and... Uh, but he is very much involved in, in his church. Yeah. Pretty much involved in his church. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we try to get together, uh, unity, and try to think the same way, we're, we're never going to do it. Right. Because we think that he is the head, and we are co-laborers with him. 
down, the vision is even larger. For yeah, absolutely. And that would be, I think, would be great for mm -hmm. for us because we see the need. Yes. You know, like Paul when he went to Corinthians. Mm -hmm. You know, he, everybody was invited yeah. there. They weren't making any progress because everybody had their their, the, their own. Yeah. And he's have uh, his mission. Yeah. He's with us. Yeah. That's good. Chris. I was going to say, if you look at the history, too, the big transitional change was when the Internet came because you weren't the only thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, yeah, yeah. I'm, we're not we're not the guy, you know, all you got to do is do a Google search. And sometimes I get calls and texts, and I'm like, you could search that on Google. Why are you asking me? You know, I mean, that's the way I think sometimes. I don't know. And, uh, but... But again, that sometimes that's that old way of thinking, too, of, of what does an AMS do. Let me give you one last uh, thing here. So if you're, you know, let's say you have a church that comes to you or, or a pastor where there's something going on and, and you're trying to help a church. This is a denominee thing as well. I just don't have a pretty slide for it. But um, you're trying to help them with the next step. You know, normally from, as an associational leader, an associational missionary, we, for whatever reason, we kind of start here, create. Oh my goodness, I, you know, we need, to, we need to start this type of thing in the association, or I need to do this, or, you know, there, there's just certain things that, that I can't create. You know, programs, you know, I've had other things that I, issues I've dealt with is, you know, I've had churches call me about sexual abuse in their church. I can't go and get a, you know, law degree. I don't know. I've got to make sure that I'm putting them in front of the right people and I'm building my network. You know, I've got a, a little lady, uh, she's the last active member in her church. And she wants, she says the wish of everybody was to sell that building. I wish she'd do something else, but you know what? I'm not going to push her. She's in her 80s. And my thing is to hold her hand and be her friend and try to help her. But there's one problem. You need trustees. <laughs> you need, you know, you can't just sell your building. And so I have to make sure that I'm understanding how to help her through this and help her disperse her money, uh, the money of the church. So basically what we need to do instead of thinking of creating, we need to maybe first of all thinking of curating as associational leaders. Who is it in our association that can help this church or this leader? Again, this is... You know, from, this is where it takes humility as an associational leader to say, you know what, I don't have all the answers. And I need to stop acting like I do. Because we can get in some serious trouble or, or others can get in serious trouble if we're trying to create all the answers and have all the answers. So, you know, it's like the pastor, you know, what's the one thing you do? You know, they're, they're pastors who are hurting, who need this. And so... You know, I'm putting him in touch with them to lead them through this cohort. You know, we've got pastors in a region in our association who see a need to start a new church. So what I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of curating and contracting here. I've, I've helped start churches, you know, and I'm all for church planting, but I've never been a church planter. I, you know, I can, I can give you some general ideas about it, but so what I do is I call up Barry Murray and Dennis Connor who are in our state convention. Both of those guys have planted churches. And so we've got those pastors together in that region and we're working on developing plans to start a new church to reach a totally different people group in that region where those 
pastors are. Sometimes you have to go, you can go inside. I, I would say your first move, try to make it inside. You know, uh, what church is doing something that another church wants to do? What pastor has experienced what another pastor is experiencing? That he, you can put them together and, and build those relationships that they can walk together with. Or who is it outside of the organization? You know, I, I've got now I've got a lawyer <laughs> that I call. I've got uh, a biblical counselor that I call. I've got uh, a chief of police of a local municipality that I call and say, hey, what's the, what's the law on this? So build that network of people that can help those outside. And I've even, for one of the church dealing with the uh, sexual you know, issue, a sexual abuse, I say, look, you tell them, you tell that lawyer to send me the bill. Send our association the bill because if somebody sees that at your church, they're going to wonder what in the world's going on here. Not that we're trying to keep everything secret. We're just trying to get everything, our ducks in a row so we can handle this appropriately. And then there might come a time where you can create something. I think that's about all the time we've got. Any other... Here, here, if you're interested in Denominee, this is one of the trade-offs for, for uh, me using their materials. I needed to put this slide up here. so, And I said, yes, Shane, I will do that. Uh, if you're interested in that, it's, a, it's great. It's been good for us. Uh, uh, and, and, and you can contact them. If you would like for me to send you any information, I, I'll send you this slideshow. There's my email, scott at southroanoke.org, or I'll send you the link to the, the YouTube video. Just All you do is just email and tell me you were in this breakout and you'd, whatever you'd like from me, I'll be happy to give it to you. Does anybody else, any final thoughts from any uh, you association guys? Our association, actually we do uh, in April. We, we come together for our uh, state associational missions conference for fellowship, for encouragement, for training. And uh, yeah, and uh, Lester's been just a, in, Lester Evans back here, he's worked with associational partnerships on a statewide level, been a great resource. Uh, for us and making sure that we get together and do what we need to do. One yeah. thing, uh, getting back, you're talking about connecting churches and, and where the smaller churches, you know, the, the size of the church being more engaged in associations mm -hmm. than the very small ones or the larger ones. Uh, it, it's like two sides of the coin. People are saying, what do I get out of it? Mm -hmm. And what do I give to it? Mm -hmm. Most people are asking, what do I get out of it? Right. That's that's, that is the relevance issue. And they feel like if they're not getting anything out of it, it's not relevant. People, members of churches feel that way about their churches. Yeah. And pastors wrestle with how do we deal with that. So associational missionaries also deal with that too because smaller churches feel like sometimes they don't have anything to contribute. Larger churches feel like they're self-contained and really don't need uh, any of the resources that the association has. It's a matter of connecting them together. Right. Uh, what, like you said, with the larger church, the pastor, you know, what can you do? What can you give? Uh, making that paradigm shift away from what, what's in it for me or what I get out of it to what can I give to it. And uh, 
members within the congregation of the church is what makes the church. They make it or break it. And yeah. It has to do with whether they give to it or whether they take from it. The same way associations are made up of churches, and the, the association will be what the churches make it. That's right. If they don't contribute to it, and we're talking about more than financial, yeah, absolutely. contributing to each other, it, it, it will be weak and, and it will it will lack. But if they contribute to it, as with each, because we'd never say to a member of the church, we don't need you. Right. We'd never say to another church, a sister well, yeah, church, we don't, we don't need, need you, you yeah. because that's the body of Christ. And so when we when we can, it, it's what we what we can put into it is what we get out of it. Yeah. And I've had some church members yeah. I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Walker's like, well, maybe. <laughs> now that I think of it. Um, thank you all so much. There's a lot more. This is just way up, you know, 50,000 uh, foot view. So I appreciate you all being here. Let me say a prayer for us. Uh, Chris, why don't you pray for him? This guy right here, Chris, he loves churches and he loves the associations. He's probably one of the biggest cheerleaders, I think, for associations around. And we appreciate you, brother. Why don't you pray for us? Father God, you're a good, good father and a great and mighty God. And in our relationship with you, we know you as both. Lord, at this day and time in history for the church, for Baptists in name, the light on the hill, that should begin in our homes. Their prayer should be the centerpiece and the Bible should be the masterpiece. Lord, may our churches feel more than ever in this post-COVID world that we're now in that this new normal has to be about discipling. That it begins in our homes, it begins in our church homes. But the things that are being taught today, uh, Lord, thank you for Scott Setzer and what he's given us in this overview. But Lord, we must give Jesus his, his bride back in so many cases where we are getting ahead of God or not even allowing God to even move in our churches because we made it an organization that is not biblical. So Lord, I just pray that uh, the revival that comes is when we all will get in the same boat with the same boys and roll the same direction all for the glory of God uh, with the people of God and the church of God. So, Lord, thank you for those that are here. Thank you for our associations. I've often said what I've learned these 13 years serving associations at Southeastern Seminary is that the local association is so much more valuable than a Baptist State Convention because, as Scott's already said in this session, it's the culture in Asheville. It's the culture in, in Marshville. It's the culture in Wilmington. It's the culture where most of our churches, 85% of them, are in that rural area. But in that community with like-minded churches and like-minded pastors, there's just one mission, and that's to love God and to love people. So Lord, continue to, to break our heart for what we know is breaking yours. But Lord, I truly see uh, that revival is right on the hinges. And I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father I don't see him relaxed with his legs crossed or sitting in a recliner. I see him like he's trying to come back and rescue his bride. But I think, Father God, you're saying, no, grace and mercy 
What about the 85-year-old that gets saved next Sunday? Mm -hmm. But Lord, you're coming. So Lord, what? Father God, just give us that expedience that we come to church to hear a message from you rather than to check the box that we've been there. And I pray all this in the mighty name of King Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you all so much. I thank you, Scott. And this is our freshest AMS. Yeah. Two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. You're a seasoned pro now. Thanks, Paul. We had the annual church conference was like about four times but we we give so that we can bless other churches. And I think it's interesting that some of my largest churches now really it's the whole thing of I had a pastor yesterday say okay what can we do who can we send from our church to help a smaller church that's struggling and I've got you know, a church that died and uh, they uh, about 18 of them left they gave us the property and so it's a decent place we're going to go to church planting center there kind of thing and churches that are tied into that and you know I, I was said one step further than that though when Pickman was in my association with Church Church and so um, he was my church planting committee and so people come and say well what do we do I said call Mike Pillman yeah he said, said uh, well what happens after that I said if Mike says it's okay I'll sign off on whatever because I you know he's forgotten more about the subject than I'll ever know so let's go with it and I, I like I also like the fact that I think this the convention has always been this way, but I think it's a little more They'll figure out who knows what. I'd like to have a reporter for a call Butler and said, what's this one? That's what I've done a lot with that lady in that church. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey man, we need to talk. Yeah, well, what's the deal? How do we do this? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and he's like, he's like, well, you know, a little minor problem, man. I think it was. We got it hot. We smoked it. Smoked it up. Thanks for leaving. Hey, y'all, lunch is lunch is ready. Early. We will take y'all and get the early start to lunch. How'd it go? Everything good? Some good insight. It went well.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Where, where are you? Mount Zion. So Mount Zion. Uh, okay. That's like uh, High Point, Burlington. Burlington. Okay. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My husband and I, we live in Randolph Association. My husband is pastor in Piedmont. So you got it covered. Yeah, you sounds like it. Sounds like it. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Brian, I'm not sure if this is finished. If I turned this off or did it correctly, so you may want to check it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I'd turn the power thing off so it made me. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, talking to Sandy right now. Yes. It's um, Craig Saunders, that second one. Slide up to stop. You got that. Oh, yeah. I was just going to make sure I'm following the right instructions. Is that this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're good. It's a little warm in here. Wow. Oh, my. That's probably because the doors were closed, maybe. Whew.